Hello listeners and welcome to State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your guide, Stephen Payton. The date is Friday the 20th of August 2021. Let's get into it and if you do hear construction behind me, that is because my neighbour is having some work done in their flat and that's just part of the joys of working from home. Kicking things off, it's Jers Week, the week when the annual Government Expenditure and Revenue Scotland figures are published and everyone claims it backs up whatever position they already hold. For anti-indie folk, that means pointing to the deficit as an example of why Scotland couldn't be independent. For pro-independence folk, it means pointing to the deficit as an example of our economic situation under Westminster and why independence would provide the means to tackle it more effectively. Personally, I'm inclined to come down on the latter, you won't be surprised to hear. So, the figures aren't great. Over the 2020-21 period, Scotland's deficit more than doubled to 22.4% of the economy. And it's kind of understandable why. I don't know if you'll remember, but there's been a whole pandemic thing going on, and people and services needed support throughout that. The trick that's being played out here by pro-union activists, though, is to act as if Scotland is unique in this situation and that we are surviving off Westminster or worse English taxpayers which just is not true at all because the UK government also runs a deficit. It doesn't have English taxpayers money to give us. It makes up for this though through borrowing which is something that we would be able to do as an independent Scotland as all independent nations can. Plus and this is to me the important part out with the union we would not be contributing to so many wasteful westminster projects such as the trident program and that's a good bit of money saved plus with our own economic policies that issue the tory ideology that's come to dominate westminster well you get the idea the current figures represent scotland in the union and not much else And speaking of Tory ideology, that's exactly what the Yes movement has been warned it is up against by the SNP's former Constitutional Affairs Secretary, Michael Russell. Russell, now the SNP president, urged independence activists to take heed of how Boris Johnson's government behaved during EU talks. Speaking at the Nationals Roadshow event this week, he said, You were dealing with people in the May government who hadn't a clue what they had got themselves into and had no idea how to take this forward, and it just was a mess. Those were the good days. It got worse as then the ideologues took over and they were unpleasant. They were just absolutely determined to do it, and they weren't particularly nice people. I look back with some fondness on the days of David Davis, as at least you could have a conversation with them. By the last year, you were just dealing with people who it didn't matter what was said. With the Tories' hardline approach to getting whatever they want, without compromise or cooperation, it seems clear that they will have no issues in crushing independence in whatever way they can. And that's not exactly a surprise for anyone who can see how the Tories bulldoze through whatever they want now. I mean, as a party, they just effectively banned the right to protest in England. They don't have any interest in fairness or accountability. But it is interesting to hear about the behind the scenes of how Johnson's government operates. All the more reason to begin taking steps toward independence as soon as possible. To leave Johnson's demagogue-like government behind. And according to the SNP's Ian Blackford, the next steps toward a second referendum are set to be published next month in the upcoming programme for government. Now that the pandemic is reaching toward an end in Scotland, what those steps will look like, however, 
is still unclear. While the SNP did say there would be a referendum in this parliamentary term, we aren't quite out the woods yet on the coronavirus, and so we'll need to wait and see. In the meantime, however, later today, in fact, details around the SNP Green Cooperation Agreement will be announced before being put to Scottish Green Party members to vote on on whether or not they accept the deal. In a cooperation agreement, the Scottish Government's mandate for a second referendum would only be strengthened, but it is not a done deal just yet. Again, though... Scotland already has several mandates, including the fact that we elected a pro-independence majority in the first place, so this would be more of a cherry-on-the-top situation than a necessary step toward holding an independence referendum. And while we don't know the details for a hot minute yet, it's probably safe to say that Wild Wolves being released into Glasgow and Edinburgh is not going to be part of the deal, as some thought it might be on Twitter yesterday. And finally, this week, the Liberal Democrats' next likely leader, Alex Cole Hamilton, who is currently standing unopposed for the position, has said he is willing to work with the Tories to campaign against independence, seemingly having learned nothing from their time in both government and better together. But interestingly, he has distanced himself from any potential deal with Labour in the same vein. With the Lib Dems reduced to just four seats, in the Scottish Parliament, you would think that some soul-searching around just why that had happened would have occurred, but no. Cole Hamilton instead seems intent on leaning into the role of Tory sidekick with aplomb, particularly at a time when the Tory vision for Scotland is so increasingly anti-democratic, isolationist and cruel. But that does bring us to an end this week. So, with all that said, where does that leave the State of the Union? In the same place that OnlyFans will be in the next few months, without purpose. See you all again next week.